0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker Podcast. This is episode 168, season number 2. What we're going to be talking about today is the the shooting uh, in Sacramento, California uh, at the bar. Six fatally wounded, ten injured. Um, What I want to talk about right now so much isn't the shooting itself, because right now it's all at a preliminary uh, investigation. Uh, Witnesses are being interviewed. Evidence is being recovered. Film footage is being recovered, so on and so forth. So what do I want to talk about? Well, this is what I want to talk about. This is the third... Large shooting we had uh, since the beginning of this year. And as tragic as they may be, if we are ever going to solve this type of, uh, or attempt to solve anyway this type of issue, we need to look at a lot of things that are going on. You see, in the general public's eye, things like this are just a, uh, a crime caused by somebody that's angry, that's upset to just start shooting. And although that may be true, the reason we can't stop this is, there's several reasons why this is continually growing and why we are not or why we are unable to stop this. First and foremost, we need to look at society and culture as a whole. Um, Unfortunately, over the past two years anyway, maybe three, Leadership of our country has basically condoned anything that anybody wants. You know, whether it's um, rioting, looting, pilfering, um, not prosecuting people, so on and so forth. This is the biggest, and we'll use the word systemic problem. This is what's creating all of this, you see. People do this now because people, more than ever, have one no fair of law enforcement because of the restrictions that the uh, government has placed on them, and we'll get into this a little later. Um, The graphic nature of things that are posted online... Uh, on TV uh, gaming is really in a way brainwashed the younger population to believing that it's an every an everything and anything go world where people can just do what they want And again this is something that the government has condoned. You can talk to any politician who's going to bullshit you and tell you, no, it's not, and maybe they don't think they are, but in the, the whole scheme of things, this problem is really a governmental problem from both these, the, the municipal side, the state side, and the federal side. Um, a lot of this mentality was brought upon Um, right after the George Floyd shooting. Although we all know that what happened was wrong, it was tragic. That was something for the court system to basically deal with. Not, Not us. Not not us, Is it... As it was, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, you know, it's tough when you, you can't talk about people not being able to fo- follow simple directions. Um, as I was originally stating, this is a governmental problem. Uh, after George Floyd, by the government allowing the protesting... You see, here's the, here's the problem, folks. You, you have to understand that something like this, when these things start occurring in, in, in like a, a pattern, it's not just one simple thing. It's not just one angry person shooting people. There There's numerous components to it. And one of the components is, like I said, we'll, we'll get back to the government. After the government allowed all of this stuff to go on, and I'll be honest with you, believe me or not, it had nothing to do with them giving a crap about racial tensions. It had nothing to do with them caring about police brutality. It had nothing to do with uh, anything else. What it had to do with was simply soliciting votes, okay? That's how it is. And to solicit votes, they needed to make all these restrictions on law enforcement to make it look like they were doing something. However... If you talk to the average citizen nowadays, they will say to you, well, why aren't the police doing their job? Well, this is a condition that was created by the government itself. Okay? Sorry. I mean, like these idiots that are sit in the car and say, oh, I don't have to give you my driver's license. If you sign a driver's license, regardless of what state it is, when you sign that driver's license, it is saying that you are, you will Hand over that information to a police officer or law enforcement officer when you're stopped. You will, if requested, admit, be administ- ha- have a DWI test administrated to you. If you don't like it, it, you know, and people just think that, oh, I have a right to you know, blah, 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 blah. So somebody like me, what I do is, okay, I write to the Department of Motor Vehicles. I run the, dr- the license plate. I have an owner. I, ha- I have the DMV, I send them a letter and have them revoke your driver's license. There's more than one way that's going to skin a cat. Okay? Unfortunately, what happened with this, this, allowing all of this activity to happen, people began to believe they could do what they want. They wanted to push the, law, the envelope with law enforcement. Believe me, there's a lot of ways to get around those envelopes. There's, there's nine, maybe 20 ways to skin a cat. Okay, um, but that's not really the point. The point is, law enforcement now feels no obligation to conduct patrols like they used to because nobody. Hey, listen, nobody wants to deal with the hassle with your stupid cameras. Nobody wants to deal with this, you know, your, your lawsuits and this and that when they're trying to do a job to protect you. So, in essence, by your government doing what they did, they actually put you in jeopardy. But you, gotta remember, you got to remember, the government doesn't care about your, your safety. It doesn't really give a crap about it. I'm just being honest with you. I know, I work in the field. They don't care about you, okay? You are just a, solicita- a solicitation number for a vote. That's all you are. So, with law enforcement not being able to do their job... Um, They don't aggressively do it. You know, the the looking for firearms, yeah, if they get a complaint, they'll go. If they happen to see somebody where they know there's a firearm, okay, they'll do that. But um, their way of operation has changed to conform to what the government wants, which is not in your best interest. I don't care if you like it or not. It's not. It's not in your best interest. It's actually, it's actually really against your best interest, you know. And the people that want to be non-compliant, these are not, these are not people trying to support their rights. They're, these are people that are just want to get away with criminal activity, okay? And this all plays a part into what's going on. These bars, these large bars, nothing for nothing. If it was me. And I was a, an official in a, a town, a ran a town, in a larger bar. Wanted to, you know, that I knew it was going to have people. I would make it a requirement if you're, and there's. I'm not going to put a number to it because numbers are stupid. You know, it's it's like, well, if 50 people don't have a, if 50 people can get together uh, without a mask if there's COVID there, well, what's the difference as long as one person has it? somebody's going to get it. Just like if somebody has a gun, somebody's going to get it. The, the method of a security guard simply patting you down is worth really shit on a stick because there's a lot of places you can hide guns that they're not going to find it. Okay? It's, it's simple as that. Um, there's a lot of weapons that can be brought into a bar. Jewelry that looks like jewelry, but it's actually a knife. Uh, brass knuckles, yada, yada, yada. So, really, what you need, quite honestly, if you're going to have that many people in there, you need metal detectors. I know, it's every, everybody's rights, everybody's rights. You know what? Listen. If you're not doing anything wrong, you don't worry about your rights being violated. If you're doing something wrong, then you worry about your rights being violated. And I hate to tell you, there are six dead people there what happened to their rights? You see, that's what you always—that's what—that's what the embodiment of the public fails to understand. They want all these rights because they want to do this, they want to do that, but they don't consider the victim. Okay, and believe me, the people that did get shot. That happened to survive. Out of some of those, some of those injured. Uh, Injuries are going to be life-changing. Whether psychologically or physically. Okay? You have to take that into consideration. The, The U.S. population, and you know what I like about this, is this has nothing to do with race, your sex, religious beliefs or anything, because everybody and everyone is a victim in these situations, can be a victim in these situations. So it can't be subdivided into um, avenues of excuses, okay? Simply can't. Uh, You know how this happened? We don't know we don't know exactly what started it. But all we know at this point in time, if you follow me, if these bars had better um, better security procedures and policies, this might have been prevented. But we don't know. There could be yeah, there could have been firearms in the cars, we don't know this. However, You know, a lot of these shootings originate from inside the bar. So, with that being said, it only makes sense that the weapon was probably in the bar. Okay? Um, Again, and then we'll follow another area of the weapons themselves law enforcement has been so restricted on what they do they cannot as aggressively pursue firearm traffickers because there's laws now you can't do this, you can't do this and again these laws are produced as a solicitation to votes to get, get people to vote they don't help the, they don't help the quality of life they don't help your public safety they just they are they are developed to create um, a group of voters now, i'm gonna to explain to you how this happens and a lot of people are gonna be probably offended but this is how it happens you go into an inner city the majority of the inner city are made made up of minorities you know already the, we know there's tension between minorities and police whether the minority is wrong or right, you know, um, I don't see that so much in the Caucasian um, grouping because for some reason, I I don't know, I think it's just that Caucasian, uh, they look at um, violence in a different manner, honestly. Uh, You know, if there is, unless there's blatant Negligent. I mean, blatant. Like Floyd, yeah, there was blatant negligence. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go near that one because you know those cops. They they should all know them better and whatever they got, they deserved. But the Caucasian mentality, I suppose, is a lot different. Um, you know, if a Caucasian is shot, um, you don't see riots. You don't see, you know, all this happy. You know, all this other stuff that goes with it. You know why I, I think it and I'll be honest with you. I think it's this reason because we believe and I'll speak for all of us, but I think this is a consensus. And I you know I, most of my friends are Caucasians that if a person is creating uh, or involved in a crime where violence or the possibility that an officer or another person is involved and they get shot. Well, that's it. That's what happens. They should know better. Um, so there's less reaction to uh, there's less public reaction to that. Where if you go into certain minority groups, and I'm not pointing fingers, but it's a it's a bigger rise for whatever reason, you know. Um, but what their fails what the failure is is to see what what happens. See, for every action, there's a reaction. Okay, you cause a big, you know, a big stir, stir about things, this, that, and the other thing. And I understand, you know, it's always the cops' fault because nobody wants to take responsibility um, for when something happens within their cultural group. Because we are in, the, we are definitely in a, a place of denial. Um, it's okay for minority gang members on a daily basis to kill each other and what really makes what really kind of hurts my feelings and it makes me upset is that these these you know whether they're gang members whether they're whatever they are drive by shootings you know this is this is more of a minority thing you know the the, the white the white people they're they're school shooters they're not they're not uh, drive bys you know i'm just telling them like it is i mean you might I think I'm a freaking, you know, uh, I got a big mouth. But the thing is, I'm telling you a fact. You can look it up. I mean, it's all true. And you know, it it, it kind of hurts. It it's always bothered me that if two gang members that are minorities shoot each other, like the media doesn't even care. The public doesn't care. But these people had families. They had brothers, they had sisters, you know, uncles, aunts. But nobody cares. A few select people in the family care. A couple friends may care. But the public doesn't care. Which it, which just blows my mind. You know, it's, it's... This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a... A round ball... That has chunks taken out of it. And when you go to roll that down the alley, the ball never rolls straight. Okay? Now with all this, all these riots and this and that, 12 million, 12 million civilians went out and purchased guns. We're not talking 12 people. We're not talking 120, 1200. We're talking 12 million people went out and bought guns to protect themselves because they saw what the government did to law enforcement. They're protecting themselves. Now everybody said, well, okay, everybody has a right to protect themselves. Listen, not taking that away from anybody. I'm a Second Amendment believer, but here's the problem. Probably over 80% of these people have never either owned or shot a gun in their life. That's like handing somebody a box of hand grenades Has never touched a grenade before. You know somebody's going to pull a pin. Right? So this is a multifaceted problem. People don't understand this. This isn't just about... Um, this isn't just about somebody getting mad at a bar and shooting things up. You have to understand the psychological conditioning of people that do this. Okay? There are stressors included. We don't know what happened at their job. We don't have know what happened in their family life, their relationship life. We don't know if there's mental health issues involved. There's a lot of things we don't know. See, here's the problem. You know, when something happens, especially a shooting, whether the cop involved, multi-casualty shootings, people always want to come up with this. All of a sudden, well, he did it because of this. He did it. You know what? Unless you know the background of these people, duct tape it. Because you need to just just stop coming up with your theories that may or may not be correct. Because what happens is you project them on Twitter, TikTok, and whatever other damn media things are out there. And you cause this unproven fact, or sometimes even fiction, and cause it into a big snowball, okay? Obviously, there was alcohol involved in this which impairs judgment to a great extent. I don't care what people say. Um, You have people now, they smoke weed all over the place. You think that doesn't impede your judgment. It does. A combination of both. Pills, you know, whatever the hell's out there, right? So, one, the gun shouldn't have been in the bar. One, because what's going to happen is when you get somebody that intoxicated, uh, the difference between right and wrong is... At that time, probably non-existent. Um, why there weren't? Why were there civilian security guards there instead of law enforcement there on overtime details? Um, that's another question to be asked. Um, the mentality of people nowadays, just doing what what we want. We live in more of a third world country. Um, the ideology is more of a third world country type of ideology, you know, where everything's free, you know, just do what the hell you want and don't worry about getting caught. Um, The preventive method, uh, measures are really poor. I mean, you know, enough for nothing, you want to really put a damper on people's parades. If if the bar owns a large parking lot, you make them put Put, uh, drop down drop down gates. Pull in, you get a pass, and you get out, you pull a pass. So you're going to say, well, what's that going to do? Time. The more you can slow a, a suspect down, whether he's on foot or in a car, the more people see, the more people record, the more information there is. Better security systems as far as cameras, so on and so forth. Is it a cure-all to everything? No, it's not. Is it going to continue? Unfortunately, until the government decides to let law enforcement do its job, it, it is going to continue. And then we have the, the um, judicial branch, the court systems. Um, totally horrendous. Um, they will throw you in jail for three years for selling narcotics. But if, especially in New York, if you're a killer on parole, they'll just let you go. The justice scale for the court system has been become so... Uh, tainted that it's crazy. They just want to let killers go. And what the killers do, what they do. They're not called killers for no apparent reason, my friends. They are what they are. In nature. Leopard doesn't change its spots. You know? Um, then we have the matter of which you know, kind of gets bleeds right into the system. The uh, the government's refusal to actually um, enforce law uh, law enforcement uh, with juveniles. Let's face it now how many how many of the carjackings, uh, shootings, uh, stolen cars, home invasions are done by juveniles now? Almost three times as much. In just one year than ever before. Because the juvenile, you know, again, pressure. You know, the parents are whining that, oh, my kid this, my kid that, unjustly this, unjustly that. Listen, you should have taken care of your kid and been a parent to your kid when he was home. Okay? It's not law enforcement's job to be your kid's parents when your kid does something bad, he gets in trouble and everybody's jumping up and down. Oh, my kid, my kid. So, again, soliciting votes, what does what does the politicians do? Ah, especially in Connecticut here. And I'm going to give you an example of this and, and you'll see exactly where I'm going. Now, juvenile used to be 16, uh, you know, 16 and under. Basically 15 and under. Now it's 17 and under. So 16 and 17-year-olds... Are now considered juveniles. Why? Why? If you get a driver's license at 16. If you can drive the damn car, you're an adult. I hate to tell you, but this is the, this is the mentality of the um, the you know legislation and court systems in Connecticut. You know, when I was in SRO the last year, we were and I was a big you know I was there for eight years. It was a large city. 267 juvenile arrests. You know how many carjackings and shootings and this and that we had involving juveniles? One, two a month, three a month maybe. Now, can't even count them. It's a direct result of the legislation making up dumbass rules. And then, this was 2012, and then I read an article at the beginning of this year, which really, you know, this is twice they did this, and I, I just can't believe the stupidity of these individuals. They put out a an article, not understanding or, or saying that the juvenile uh, juvenile enforcement of juvenile laws. Uh, they need to they need to be improved. Well, wait a minute. You were the same morons that, you know, years ago said that they needed to be laxed. But now that now that you're seeing that they're destroying everything, like we told you, they would. It would happen. They were doing all these crimes, and they're going to continue doing these crimes as long as the as long as the ju- juveniles aren't prosecuted. But they, this is the mentality, these morons. And that's what they are. These people, these legislators now know less than they have ever known in decades. They forget for every reaction, for every action there's a reaction. You allow people to be thugs and criminals. Guess what? People are thugs and criminals. I hate to hate to be the bearer bad news, but that's the fact. Okay. Um. You know, this is kind of a long, a long um, episode. You know, we're probably passing 20 something minutes already, but you know, the you see, you have to understand that this is not one simple one simple uh, answer this has been a problem that has started out as a a singular problem and multiple components have been added to it to really create the perfect storm you know people like I said they don't want to hear what I have to say because the simple fact is what I'm saying is the truth and I know I've seen it every day on the street Okay. You know, I'm not just pointing my finger for because I don't want to point my finger because, but, but it's the fact, you know, it's a simple fact. I mean, all of these things contribute. I mean, how do you stop it? Well, there, you can slow it down. Can you stop it? No, no, you can't ever stop anything hundred percent. you honestly think, let me tell you where you get, you, the public gets bullshit. Do you think that all of these firearm laws, like in New York and Chicago, um, Connecticut, do you think they really do anything? They don't. It, they are they are made up, and they already know that these are just false Census of security for the public so the public believes that the law enforcement and the government's doing something. They do not work. Why? Because, why is a criminal a criminal? Because he does not follow the law. Just like he gets the guns. He buys stolen guns off the street. What's he give a shit if the guns register or not? He doesn't. People don't get that. They just don't get it. Oh, the state's doing this for that. They're not doing anything for you people. They're not doing anything for the public, just like just like these these um, these pony show uh, gun buybacks for these hundred dollar Walmart cards. Do you think these are really doing anything? They do nothing. They they are just a false sense of security that people are turning in firearms. The fact that of the matter is, what they're doing is they're turning they're turning in these guns that. Their grandfathers brought back in World War II, World War One. They're bringing back old hunting guns that a parent may have had. No criminal is coming up with his uh, a firearm, especially a handgun, and turning in for a hundred-dollar Walmart card. See, the public has been cut, become so brainwashed that there are security things set in place for their own good. They're not. Criminals don't listen to gun laws. The only thing gun laws does is it it victimizes the the public who can legally own guns. The the um, smoke it's the pony is smoke a pony show with um, the smoke a pony show with these gun buybacks it's 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 a farce it, it doesn't do anything it's just a it's another media attempt to you know make you falsely believe that something's actually occurring it's not it, it's you're it's not doing anything you public safety, I don't care what they say. They'll lie to you and tell you it's doing. It's not doing anything. Um, the laws don't do anything because criminals don't follow the law. So, you know, the only one thing that I will take into consideration out of all of these things, and the one and the only thing, is that I'll, I'll, I'll give them for, like, 10-round magazines, 10 and under. Okay, you don't need 10 or more rounds. Uh, you know, you just don't need it. You know, most competition shooting is done with a handgun. Uh, 10 rounds will usually get you through. If not, you have extra magazines or sort resources. Uh, you don't need 15, 20, 30, 60-round uh, magazines for handguns. Uh, rifles the same way. Uh, shotguns the same way. You, you, know, you can compete uh, hunting if you need that many shots. You probably shouldn't have a hunting license. You should just be sitting in the car um, and not touching your gun. So that one I'll, I'll, um, I would support. Uh, the type of weapon, that doesn't really matter. I mean, everybody's concerned about AR-15s, uh, AK-47s. Quite honestly, ballistically, uh, those are probably the two biggest shit show rounds that uh, that these, these gun companies make. Ballistically, they suck. Um, stopping power—they have to have multiple shots to stop you. They're not—they're not—they're not really any, anything I would choose to use. Uh, if the round isn't generally used for hunting, it, it really it really doesn't have what it needs to do the job the right way. Just because you can shoot a lot of rounds doesn't mean it's actually effective. It's just, you know, and they're ugly guns. So, you know, that, the, you know, an assault rifle, that, that was a term uh, that was made up by the media to make a, uh, you know, that was a, the wow, the wow factor. Um, yeah, I don't know where the hell that came from. That was just stupid. Um, You know, but these are the things you have to realize that a lot of things that the public are being fed, especially the public that aren't well-informed. Now, just because you go to a meeting and you meet with other people about guns and crime and this and that does not make you an expert, does not make your ability to solve a situation any more viable than... Uh, other people's opinions. You know, it's as simple as that. Uh, what always gets me, and I, I have to, I, I really, you know, I, I, what really gets me is you have, usually when meetings like this occur about firearm violence, you know, whatever it comes to, is you have a bunch of these people that have been around for a hundred years, you know, they're, you know, captains and their chiefs and their deputy chiefs and their admirals and whatever the hell else they are. That have been off the road for such a long time and aren't really familiar with the dynamics of today's law enforcement walking around making decisions. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work, people. They are, you know, people in this business become antiquated. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. But that is the problem. They become antiquated. They have no more knowledge about firearm violence, gang violence, any violence than the rest of us. They don't specialize in it. They don't work haven't worked out in the street for decades. They have no clue. You know? Statistics statistics are, are good numbers to guide you with but statistics doesn't mean that you know what the statistics really mean it it doesn't get into the core problems within the cultures themselves you know so this this is this is where all of this stuff comes in this problem with you know these multiple shoot ca- casualty shootings doesn't just stem from one reason. There are a lot of reasons leading up to the point where this stuff happens. You know? and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You know? I mean, it would be great if stuff like this never happened at all. But this is something that has been going on for centuries. Okay, centuries. School shootings is started in the early 1800s. Some more devastating than than now. Multiple casualty shootings have occurred for centuries. Okay, this is not a new trend. This is something that has always existed, it has just been disguised um, differently. The perception has ma- it seems, makes it seem different, but honestly folks, it's, it's the same stuff, it doesn't change. And what to do to fix it? I, I don't know. You know I was I, I my my couple of things off the top of my head is that the bars or areas that have large gatherings like this have to you know increase and update their security policies. You know if it's that big you have to should have at least one cop there for security. You have to change the indemnity laws that the these, these legislators have created so law enforcement can't do its job. You have to see what the media is putting out as far as, you know, online as far as violence. You know, it's funny because they're so worried about, you know, stupid-ass shit like what Donald Trump is texting and, and you know, what this one's doing and that one's doing, but the core problems that exist in this country... Like the violence that you see on, you know, the internet isn't being addressed, and the, and these are the, these are the media sources that give people ideas. It's not being addressed. You know, um, people seeing things that are going on and not realize it, or not informing other people. Like I, I guarantee you, somebody knew that this this, this dude had a gun. But nobody said anything, so it will stop before it happened. And then it happened. Now we have six six people dead, ten injured. What about them? What about them? You know, it's so it's. You know what really sucks is that <clears throat> people have to die before we, as a living society. get our our heads out of our own rear ends and do anything, you know, and I'm sure there's a hundred other things that can be done to to solve this or help this, but, you know, this is, this is a multi-generation, multi-cultural, multi-colored, multi-everything type of situation because you know why? We're all victims. We go into a mall, we're all victims go into a business, we're all victims. We go into a bar, we're all victims, or possible victims anyway. So uh, I don't know what to tell you. I took your up for long enough. Uh, i sure some people wanted to hear the truth. sure others are still P.O.'d about it. But the fact is, these are the contributing factors. You can't deny any of them because they're all based on fact. They're all true. So, with that being in mind, this is uh, Michael C. Bouchard, the host of Night Stalker podcast, episode 168, season number two, and we will see you uh, see you soon.